Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Corner of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show live from Indianapolis, the Scouting Combine. We're in the Indiana Convention Center thanks to Boyd Gaming, the official local casinos of the Las Vegas Raiders. Dane Brugler will join us at the table in a hot second. He's making his way over, but we threw out the question on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. You can hit us up uh, anytime. What is the highest spot you would trade up to get your guy if you're the Raiders trying to move up from seven, and what are you willing to to give up. Let us know about it on Twitter. Our guy Raider Burner91 hit us up. He said, Q, I feel like they have to trade up to the three to five range. They've guaranteed to get Young Stroud Will. Uh, A, Jalen Carter, investigation pending, or Tyree Wilson. Uh, Tyree Wilson, if they get one of those picks. Personally, I'd like to swap with Seattle and take the best player available. Uh, I'd swap pick 770, Andre James, and next year's second to get to three. Feel like the Cardinals need a plan at center with Hudson getting older. Learn from him before and could plug in after he's gone. I like that. Uh, also, one from the 707, a text. This draft is so little with defense that I just think it would be absurd to use picks to move up for a quarterback this year. Build a defense into a monster and make a move for a quarterback next year, and that's something that they very well could do. And then we also got a, a text from the 239, uh, Blake Bortles at three that year. So there we go. So, so it was Blake Bortles at three. Four was Sammy Watkins that Buffalo traded up to go get. And then at five was Khalil Mack. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so yeah. there's that. Blake Bortles, the only thing he ever did in his career to got him all the way up to number three was he beat Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. That's all he did. They did. I and mean, the only reason that they beat Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl is because Art Browse was talking to Texas, and he was pissed off because he was going to go be the head coach of UT. Yeah. He was pissed off because they said, you have to come in for an interview because – well, you just have to have a formal interview just to say you did it. Right. Like, all you got to do is show up and, like, chew gum. That's all he had to do, and he was going to get the head coaching job, and he got offended because they said, well, come in for an interview. Right. And he said, well, I'm not going to say how he said it, yeah. but he basically, no, he's not going to do that. So he was so angry at that, he wasn't focused on actually having the team play, and they ended up losing to Blake Portals in uh, Central, what was it, Central Florida? Yeah. And, and then he ended up going number three overall in the draft the next and year. And we all know what happened to Art Bros. Right. That part. <laughs> that part, Texas is like, whew. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, that that was wild. But I know you wanted to respond to that text real quick from uh, the 707 about this draft is so loaded with defense, I just think it would be absurd to use picks to move up for a quarterback this year, build the defense into a monster, and make a move for a quarterback next year. I, I totally understand that, mm-hmm. and that might be how it turns out. And I think, um, you know, again, the process is going to lead them uh, to it. But it wouldn't be absurd if you fell in love with the guy. Right, like if, and, and, and he I, ends up being your franchise guy for like nine or ten right. years. There's nothing absurd about that. You can still – it doesn't – just because you make that move mm-hmm. doesn't mean you'll never have another draft or another draft picks again or money right. under, under the cap to be able to address the defense. You right. can still do that simultaneous to bringing your right. franchise quarterback. And that's yeah. why we asked, what, would you be willing to trade up? How yeah. high would you be willing to go, and, and what would you realistically be willing to give up? Because you don't want to give up the farm. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to tell you, this is, I, I asked that question to a general manager, and this is really um, what we're talking about here. Right. This is literally the, the text back. It could be all over the place, depending on how desperate the team was to go up 
but also how desperate the Cardinals are to bail. Because right. if we're talking about the third pick, yep. like it, it's you're gonna like. First of all, you gotta talk the Cardinals into trade. They may not want to. They tra- might not want to trade. They might want to get the best defensive player themselves. Right. So then you'd have to go to four, which right. is the Colts, who need a quarterback. So they're probably not going to do business with you. All right. They're probably trying to do business themselves. They might be number one when it's all said and done. But do they want the quarterback that you want? Uh, that's I don't know. And if they don't, like you can, right? That, that's an honest conversation. Yeah, that for sure. General manager could have the general manager, right? Well, what quarterback do you like? If it's the one that you like, you're like, oh, I'm out of luck. Right. Now I'm going to say at seven. Oh, Will Levis? That's the guy that you want? Huh. Okay. Now Sold. do you have to move right. to five, which is where the Seattle Seahawks are? Right. Or do you have to? Or do you not? Maybe you just stand pat. Right. Absolutely. Well, well, we'll get back to that. And, again, I'll throw the question out there one more time. What is the highest spot you would trade up to get your guy? If you're the Raiders trying to move up from seven, what are you giving up? Let us know about it. 69187, keyword R&R. Joining us now at the uh, on the, I'm about to say on the phone line, but he, right here at the table, it's our guy Dane Brugler from The Athletic. He does fantastic work. He's ta- Man, the talent evaluations that Dane Brugler does is, is fantastic. We definitely appreciate you. And now the guys are actually on the field. They're going through drills. We're watching some on the TV. Uh, how are you doing? What do you what do you like it about what's going on? Uh, I mean, first off, it's just good to see him on the field. You know, instead of talking about what these guys are gonna do, we could reflect on what they did do. And uh, man, some of those guys did crush it. Uh, I mean, we've got to start with Adabare from Northwestern. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a human being two hundred eighty plus pounds run that fast. Um, <laughs> plain and simple. So, uh, I, you know, I, what does that mean for his draft stock? What does it mean for his grade? Because based off of tape. He was graded as a fourth, fifth round pick. You know, mm-hmm. okay, but he goes to the Senior Bowl, crushes it. Comes to the Combine, lights it up. Not just the forty, but the other drills, the positional drills. So um, this is uh, a, a player who maybe doesn't always. You don't always see that on film, but he's still a good player. And so, how do you reconcile the two? Uh, I, it's going to be really fun to watch and see how it plays out for him. Um, I, I think he's you know coming into the last week, he was like number. I don't know, like 90 on my top 100. Right. So already kind of in that day two range, but yeah. okay, now how much does he creep up? That's that's going to be the big question. Nolan Smith crushed yeah. it from Georgia. Uh, I mean, he started it uh, the day before here at the podium <laughs> where there were laughs, there were cries. I he mean, caught my attention. I mean, I was... Yeah. He, he caught my attention in a major way. I think Vinny Wood was about nine minutes that he was talking mm-hmm. and we weren't even recording. And then I was like, Dan, I better start recording this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's he was, it. He's, yeah. he's outstanding. And it's, and it's all genuine with yeah, him. Yeah. Um, I, I trade and text with David Pollock, a you know, former Georgia right. great, does good work with ESPN. He, uh, he's been a mentor for, for Nolan okay. over the years. He, he raves about him as a person, as a guy. Um, but, you know, and then he goes out on the, on the field and blazes a 4-3 uh, and the 41-and-a-half in the vert. I mean, I don't know if you saw the video from the vert, but there's a Patriot scout right there, and he does the 41-and-a-half, and the Patriot scout just I, I, just looks around, shrugging his shoulders. <laughs> like, we don't, we don't have any more rungs for him to hit. Like, it's just he, he, wow. he's tapped out. I mean, he was outstanding. Um, you know, coming off the shoulder or the pec injury. Mm-hmm. So he was having a really good first half of the year last year for the Bulldogs until that injury against Florida. Um, it, it's a shame because I think he really would have posted some big-time production. But you know what? He was on the sideline for every single game. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that wasn't going to, uh, you know, go train. You know, a lot of players would do that. and Nothing against that. But this is a – he wanted to be with his brothers. And uh, that, that was a big part. That leadership, being an extra coach – that that means a lot. So, um, yeah, coming uh, into the draft, he was number nineteen overall for me in my top one hundred. 
it's fair to talk about him as a potential top 10 pick. Not every team's going to be looking at, um, you know, a 238 pounder, right. you know, that, that style of pass rusher. But, it, you know, if you run a 3-4 or if you're looking for a, t- or for a rusher that, you know, want to stand up or be a sub-package guy that's going to play starter-level snaps, uh, Nolan Smith's going to be awfully appealing. I, I have of, no doubt. <laughs> kind of reminds me of a Hassan Reddick um, uh-huh. a little bit uh, with, the, with the stature, but... Yeah. Every year he's putting up uh, double-digit sacks. Yeah. Uh, so um, I wonder if that's uh, where Nolan uh, Smith is headed. Uh, but getting back to sometimes you have to rectify, okay, where does somebody really actually slot? Right. You know, you have him slotted, um, not him necessarily, but you have a player slotted in the third and fourth round based on the tape. Mm-hmm. Then you see what somebody blows up here athletically, um, and, oh, maybe you have him a little bit too low. But then do you go back to the tape to try That's to line it, it all up? Right. Uh, and maybe rectifying is, you know, the, the tape is one thing. The athletic ability is another thing. He's probably a solid third to fourth round pick. And if he takes it from here, great. But this is where he kind of has to slot because mm-hmm. of those two dichotomies. I, the, the way it's always been preached to me from teams uh, and my buddies in the league is just you got to look at the combine and the all-star season and the workouts. It's all just a big cross-checking exercise. Right. You know, you want to go to these events and you have certain expectations. You want to see those players meet those expectations. Now, if they don't, good or bad, then you go back to the film and figure, okay, what am I missing here? It, was I watching the film where maybe he had an, an injury, a nagging injury? Or, uh, you know, some guys are just, they're, 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 you know, got a track background and they run faster um, in a setting like this as opposed to in pads or in a game. So, you know, you have to have a reason. You can't just shrug your shoulders and say, I don't know. I, I don't know how he ran this, but he shows this on film. You have to have an answer. Um, and so that's what teams will be doing now. I mean, they, you want to see guys run fast. You want to see that. Now it's time to go back and figure out, okay, did, is there something I was missing right. or did we get something wrong in the evaluation? And it's just one big cross-checking exercise. Dane Brugler is our guest from The Athletic here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Today was the quarterback day and it was super packed early in the morning and uh, C.J. Stroud stole the show. Bryce Young stole the show. I think Anthony Richardson did a really good job. But let's focus in on Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. You have them 3-7 and seven in your top 100. How big of a gap do you think it is between those two guys? Not a ton. I think it just depends on what you're looking for. Um, you know, Bryce Young is he's such an interesting test case because it just comes down to, are you okay with the size? Right. That's all it is. And we'll get the uh, uh, quote-unquote official measurements tomorrow morning. I, I don't know that I care that much. He's small. You know, there's no, if he's 192 or 202, does it really matter? Uh, So, you know, you have to be comfortable with the size. And it's not necessarily the height, it's more so the build. He's just very slight. Mm -hmm. Um, Not going to be a guy that, oh, he'll just, he'll put on the pounds as if Alabama doesn't have a world class nutrition (laughs) training program. Uh, This is a guy that's just, he's comfortable about 190, 192 around that range. And that's just, you have to be okay with that. so, but not every team's going to. And I understand. I, I get it. I, he stayed relatively healthy in the SEC, but this is a quarterback who thrives on moving the pocket and welcoming chaos. You know, mm-hmm. he, he wants that rush coming down on him because it's going to give his receivers an extra half second to get open. So in the NFL, when everything's just a little faster, is he going to take some more hits? Can he be smarter about how he's doing that? Um, you know, those are the questions he'll have to answer. And then with C.J. Stroud, he's a, he's a really interesting uh, you know, case of he did one thing the first 27 games of his career, then you throw in the Georgia tape, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, because he, he, first and foremost, he's a pocket passer. Right. That's how he wants to be. You talk to his high school coaches, they'll tell you that's how he was. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy that, you know, even in high school, wanted to get outside the pocket and run. 
his comfort level is inside the pocket where he is pinpoint accurate, um, just a really impressive passer from the pocket. But in the NFL, when things break down and you are flush and you think you're moved from your spot, off-scheduled throws, the second-chance opportunities, can he find those? But you throw on the Georgia, and he didn't do that really his entire Ohio State career, but you throw on the Georgia tape in the biggest stage of his life against the best, probably the best opponent he's ever played. You, you saw him do it more consistently. And his, so his first 27 games at Ohio State, he had a grand total of one forced missed tackle. In that Georgia game, he had three. So how do you, you know, how do you, <laughs> right. uh, you know, again, something you have to reconcile. Um, and so, when, when you're saying missed tackles, are you saying downfield or in the pocket? Uh, and either. Uh, any type of forced missed tackle. So, you know, if he, uh, whether it was in the pocket and, you know, he just was able to, uh, you know, move a little, slide a little bit, that's, that, that's not his strength. That's not but what was he, he taking sacks in the times where he wasn't? And that's the other thing with Ohio State is, or with C.J. Stroud is, I mean, he had, his two tackles are guys that are going to be top 50 picks in this draft. Right, exactly. He did not see a ton of pressure. Right. Uh, so he did. He was afforded the ability to be a pocket passer right. where his comfort level is. And we're not talking about a bad athlete here. Right, C.J. Stroud's exactly. a good athlete. It's just his comfort level is inside the pocket. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, it's all part of his story, his evaluation. And teams will look at that a little bit differently. But he's a really good player. I mean, that's, I think you're getting a good NFL starter. I, I, a lot of people don't like this by comparison for him. I see a lot of Jared Goff, which is not, I mean, Jared Goff is the number one overall pick. <laughs> right. Uh, Lions fans love Jared Goff right now. Mm-hmm. So it's not meant to be, you know, it's just, I, I think that's where he operates, uh, where he's very clean from the pocket. You want him to get out and move a little bit. He can, he has the ability to do it. Maybe not the comfort level is not quite there, but, uh, you know, he's going to be, I think he has a floor of a really solid NFL starter. And then how creative he can be, that will determine his ceiling. Yeah, uh, I want to stay on him because I thought he had a great answer. And I felt like he was having to defend himself mm. a little bit uh, on, on all this. You just mentioned he had two, two great tackles. Um, that's going to, like, are we, is it, what, did he do something? Um, did he not do something that he should have been doing, or did he not do something because he didn't have to do it? That's it. He didn't have to. And, and <laughs> not only the tackles, we have to mention the receivers, right? right? I yeah. mean, uh, think about the receiver depth chart last year when you've got Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, Jackson Smith at Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. and Bouquet. I mean, unreal. These are all NFL starting receivers. So, you know, when you have that level of talent to throw to and you have tackles that are pro tackles on the edges, uh, you know, you're, it's not always perfect, but you, more times than not, you're in a situation that you can operate. Yeah. So, you know, and that's not his fault. You know, do you not draft Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia quarterbacks because they're, you know, good <laughs> talent around them? Of course not. Right. You just have to try and figure out, okay, independent of those things around him, how, how, how will he, he do? Because I, quarterback is a very, I don't think we talk about it enough, how dependent of a position it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you don't have a good offensive line, it doesn't really matter how good you are as a quarterback. You're, there's only so much you can do. If you don't have receivers that are getting open and are going to catch the ball, it doesn't really matter how good you are as a quarterback. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's just all the layers that make quarterback the hardest position to evaluate. Um, and it's, it's no different with, with this group of quarterbacks. It's just a really, really inter- intriguing group. Yeah, one, one more on CJ because I, I, I loved how he said, look, it, um, I'm not going to panic and run just because one and two aren't there. Yeah. I'll move to three and four yeah. and then start thinking about doing some other right. things. And from a professional standpoint, you love to hear that sure. <laughs> because it's not one and done, I got to go run mm-hmm. and panic. Um, that's something that you have to coach out of guys 
It's, right. it's like the reverse with him, um, maybe giving him the green light or, or saying, hey, it's okay if the third guy's not there or even if it, the first or second's being taken away from you by the rush. Go make a play now. Yeah, and and, and it's not just rushing, but uh, operating the pocket mm-hmm. and those subtle slides and climbs and uh, understanding, you know, that internal clock that is knowing when to get outside the pocket, move the pocket, not necessarily just run, but extend the pocket. And something that you know Bryce Young loves to do. It, it's it, it's a it's a feel. It's mm-hmm. a comfort level, and it's something that can be developed. You know, I think there is a sixth sense element to it. Bryce Young has that. I mean, he's a true point guard with his right. vision and uh, the, the instincts that he shows. I think C.J. Stroud has the ability to do it more. We saw it in the Georgia game. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Something, you <laughs> it's know, there. I was always taught, if you've seen a guy do it once, you know he can do right. it. Now it's up to my coaches to figure out how do we get him to do this consistently. Right. So uh, with C.J. Stroud, I think a lot of teams are more optimistic than pessimistic about his future and, and being more creative. Yeah. Talking about things, NFL Draft right now with Dane Brugler here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Again, we are at the Scouting Combine in India. We just got a couple more questions for you. I did want to ask you about uh, Quentin Johnston, the mm-hmm. wide receiver from TCU. I actually uh, covered him in, at Temple High School, and so uh, okay. seeing him on the podium today was really cool. He's uh, got this opportunity now to take his, his, his game to the next level. What do you see from Quentin? Where do you think he can possibly go? Yeah, I mean, supremely talented. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know his high school days, uh, what he did in track, what he mm-hmm. did in the football field, um, uh, just a really, really talented player. It, it's uh, obviously with receivers, you know, there's, there's an element of technical refinement that mm-hmm. most college receivers don't have. Right. Uh, you know, they're, they're not, they don't need to have that at the college level, but at the NFL level, you do. And so how quickly will he be able to become a more refined route runner? Um, you know, we, the drops will get on you a little bit mm-hmm. you know you need to uh be a little more uh reliable finishing those catches but focusing on what he does really well at 6'4 215 uh, the athlete that he's gonna run the four fours right probably gonna jump 41 42 i mean just unbelievable ability uh and you saw it on film where you know the kansas tape you know i know it's kansas but still he's uh the way he can track the football and go and get it the way he always seem to make the first guy miss mm-hmm. consistently. Um, you know, that's something that you don't usually expect from a 6'4", 250-pound receiver, but right. he could do it. Yeah. So with Quinton Johnston, where do you – and this is a – you know, we saw six receivers go in the top 25 last year. This year, it's really split on, mm-hmm. okay, when's that first receiver going to go? Who is it? Um, you know, I think it just depends on what, what you're looking for because, we, you know, we – have all these receivers in the same bucket, but they're all different. They, yeah. they, they do – they give us something different. You know, Jackson Smith and Jigba – you're ranking him with uh, with uh, Quentin Johnson, but they're two totally different players in what they give you, their roles are going to play. Right. They're not the same position, basically. So uh, it, it will be interesting to see which team will be, okay, you know, we know he's a little bit raw, mm-hmm. but we can be patient with him. We're going to bet on the upside what he's going to be. I, I, he's somewhere in that late first conversation. It's just, you know, which what, what is the team that's willing to be a little bit patient and bet on those traits? I feel like we have a, a lot of across the board on the quarterbacks as well. And <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's because I cover a team that just got rid of their quarterback right. and now needs the quarterback. Yeah. I'm going to stay on the quarterbacks because I want to <laughs> go to Will Levis uh, and Anthony Richardson. And, and here's the thing, talking to Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, I think they're open to falling in love with somebody here mm-hmm. uh, and making that guy be the guy, whether it's at seven, moving up, uh, moving down, whatever the case might be. Um, but from your perspective, do you see somebody out of these quarterbacks? Take Bryce out of the out of the equation. I okay. think he's going to go number one. That'd yeah. be too high to move up. Of the other three, do you see somebody that the Raiders would say yes? Uh, you know, forget about defense for a second. 
we're going to either move up to get C.J. Stroud or stay at seven and take Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. I mean, I, for me personally, C.J. Stroud with, you know, because above all, you want your quarterbacks to be smart decision makers and accurate. Okay, if we're going to start there with C.J. Stroud, right. if I know I'm getting that, mm-hmm. I feel really good. You know, I feel at, at worst, my floor is I'm getting a solid NFL starter, and it's okay. It's up to us and our coaches to get more out of him to, uh, you know, really figure out what that ceiling is. So C.J. Stroud, it's, it's, that's where it starts with me. The other two guys, it's going to be really easy to fall in love with them. Especially here, where the you know they're going to both have power arms. That we're going to see that on the field. Um, Anthony Richardson, I, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised that he's going to do everything here. He's going to run really, really <laughs> well. We'll see what he measures in at. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing it's going to be around two thirty. Um, and if I put the over under at four five zero, I'll take the under. All right. I think he's he's that type of athlete. He's got that type of speed. So Anthony Richardson will put on a show. But the biggest thing for Anthony Richardson is going to be the interviews. Here's the thing with Anthony Richardson. He, I'm not sitting him. I'm playing him. I don't think his issues are going to be fixed or Watch helped him. by yeah. sitting and learning. Mm. He needs reps. Yeah, I want him on the field with my first team offense, and because he's a guy that. Uh, when you watch him, one play will look great, the next play won't. In terms of the accuracy, in terms of his timing, I, in order to get that to be where it needs to be, I need him taking live reps. And so can I, interviewing him and understanding, okay, what do you know, what don't you know? Can you operate my NFL offense today? Right. Or can we, you know, are you a month away from getting you there uh, to at least compete? So um, that, that interview process is going to be really big for Anthony Richardson just to find out where he is. Meant. He's still young. He's a redshirt sophomore. Mm-hmm. He's, he's <laughs> wow. got 13 career starts yep. um, in college. You look at around in the NFL, it's hard to find NFL starters who had fewer than 400 pass attempts in college. Right. It's just it's, There's not many guys. Trey Lance was one of those guys. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen how that's played out. Uh, and, and COVID was a reason for, for that, too. Uh, but with Anthony Richardson, yeah, he's under, under 400 pass attempts, uh, below 500 record as a starter. You know, a lot of people, you know, poo-poo that uh, as a quarterback win stat. But you know what? NFL teams care about it, so I, it's relevant to me. Um, now with Will Levis, he's it's another interesting conversation because he's uh, as talented as he is. The senior year did not go as expected, but you know what? Brand new offensive line. Wandale Robinson was a second round pick. New play caller. It sounds like you're making excuses, but these are reasons why his senior yeah. year didn't live up to potential. All the traits are there: the toughness, the intelligence. Um, you know, a, a team's going to bet on those traits and see what they can get out of them. I'm going to ask you to look into a crystal ball here, and uh-huh. it's impossible to do. But if Anthony Richardson had 13 more games, let's say he stayed next year, yeah. played 13 more games, are we having the same exact conversation with him that we are right now? Or do you think he would have disproved some of the things that we're a little bit worried about? I, I would hope, uh, you know, being trying to be an optimist about it, that he would have shown, you know, that 53.5% completion percentage, which doesn't tell the whole story, but I think it's still reflective right. of, you know, how inaccurate he could be at times. You would hope that would jump by hopefully 10 points, you know, when he had maybe a little bit, uh, you know, the receivers were up and down, they didn't have the best skill players around him, but, you know, with he got more comfort with his, and it starts with your feet, it starts with the mechanics, it's just about being repeatable, and I think he has that in him, it just takes live reps doing it, and so I think you give him another full season, um, I, I do think that some of these worries, these projections are, you know, we've seen it on tape instead of something that we're trying to predict.
Well, because I'm greedy and I want to ask one question about the defense, I have to ask you about Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois. He's not running today. He's not participating. He's got a little hamstring injury, um, but I like him a lot. I really like him a lot. I like his physicality. What do you see from Devin? Yeah, and he was a guy at the beginning of the year where, you know, doing all the groundwork for this senior class in the summer, um, liked him. I I I was almost a little surprised he wasn't more highly thought of. You know, he had third round grades, fourth round grades. Um, and then the more you watched him this year, you just, yeah, like, like you said, you, you love him. You can't mm-hmm. help but fall in love with this guy. The way he competes, the way he'll come up and hit you, um, but he's not just that. He has the athleticism to move around and, and cover. Not not the biggest guy. The weights, the, the you know, a little bit of a concern. He's probably going to be around 182, around there. We'll see officially what he weighs in at. Uh, but, yeah, this is a guy that can cover, can hit. Uh, you know, you, you just love the mentality that he brings to the position. So it uh, could be the first corner drafted. Yeah. It's certainly possible. If not, he'll be one of the first three corners drafted. I'm excited about him. I really am. And I was disappointed when I found out he wasn't going to be participating yeah. just because of the hamstring injury. And, look, he came out late to the podium yesterday. He was the last guy out. And so it kind of all ties in together with the medicals. Well, right. Dane, fantastic stuff. I uh, only wanted to keep you a couple minutes, but uh, ended up keeping you uh, all afternoon long, and we could keep you all afternoon long even more if if, uh, if we had the time. Let me ask you what you got coming out, man. I know you've got the, you know, the, the beast is coming out. It's sooner rather than later, but uh, you, you're always grinding the, the, the mock drafts and all this good stuff. Yeah, no, the, the draft guide is going to be my sole focus the next month to get that out in early <laughs> nice. April. Uh, but, no, I do have a mock draft coming out probably on Tuesday on The Athletic. Okay. Uh, just, you know, what happened here? How does that change things in that first round? Could be a little bit of a shake-up. Um, so, yeah, people can look forward to that. There it is. Well, Dane, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you joining us. Anytime. Thanks, guys. There he goes. Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Fantastic talent evaluator. Uh, really one of my go-tos. Uh, always reference his, uh, his, his top 100 big board just just so you can get a good idea of what he's talking about and what he's seeing when he breaks down uh, when he breaks down these prospects. So lots of good stuff from Dane. We definitely appreciate him. I mentioned Vinny that we might be adding a, a XFL player, a Vegas Viper, because we do air the Vegas Vipers home games right here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. So wide receiver Matthew Sexton is going to join us next, and uh, he's going to be calling into the studio. So we look forward to hearing that conversation as my man Demond Cotton and of course Harry Ruiz, who filled in for JT the Brick this afternoon will be on the call for the game tomorrow. So uh, we'll talk to Matthew. We'll talk about the matchup with Seattle. We'll do it next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Our coverage of the 2023 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official locals casinos of the Las Vegas Raiders. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Question we threw out there to you is what is the highest spot you trade up to get your guy if you're the Raiders trying to move up from number seven? What are you giving up realistically? Let us know about it at 69187 keyword R&R. That's our don'tbebroke.com text line. We're going to take a little bit of a slight turn. We're here in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. We've been talking all things NFL draft, and we'll get back to that conversation in just a little bit. But joining us now on the phone lines, we're pleased to have uh, Vegas Vipers wide receiver Matthew Sexton. And Matt, thanks so much for your time. We definitely appreciate you this afternoon, and hopefully the weather is better than it is here in Indianapolis. It's pouring rain in here. It's pretty ugly, and it looks like what it was on Cashman Field in the second half of last week's game. But uh, how fired up are you and the team for uh, tomorrow's game against Seattle? Man, we're ready to go. Um, you know, we're 0-2 right now, so we're we're definitely fired up to uh, go get this first win and, um, you know, let's, let's get out there on the field again and go dominate. 
You know, we talked to uh, head coach Rod Woodson earlier in the week, and he had mentioned that uh, these first two games have been a good example of just not finishing, not playing a full, you know, two-half game, four-quarter game. Uh, has that been the emphasis in practice this week, just playing a complete game? Oh, 100%. Um, you know, practices are, are long, and, and, you know, it's it's you can go through the motions sometimes, and that was a huge emphasis, was not going through the motions and, and doing everything with intention. Um you know, so that's, I mean, like you said it, man, we were in, in, you know, we were leading in the first half, you know, and then the second half we just kind of came off flat. So that's been a big focus. You know, I know uh, with the way you guys are doing things, you're kind of in a bubble uh, over there uh, in, in, in terms of the practice uh, each week and then going to whether it's Las Vegas or on the road uh, to go play your game. How uh, much of a, 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 not a struggle necessarily, but an adjustment uh, is that, you know, to, to being kind of in one place with a bunch of other teams uh, and then going wherever you need to go to go play your game? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's a little different. You know, I've been, um, I, was with, I was with Pittsburgh, the Steelers until the fi- until final cuts, and um, you know you didn't really do any of that. So it's it's very interesting. It's it's but it's it's good bonding time. You know it's a lot of um, you know, and that's what you need for a good football team is is you know good chemistry between all the guys. So I mean it's good bonding. You know we go you you bleed, you sweat, and you cry with each other. You know, and that's a that's what makes you a great team. So uh, I really wouldn't have any any other way. You know it's it's a uh, it's just awesome to get another opportunity to play football. Again, we're talking with Vegas Vipers wide receiver Matthew Sexton here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Damon Cotton, who's actually going to be doing the color commentary with Harry Ruiz tomorrow at the game. He's got one for you. Go ahead, Damon. Yeah, I got to take it back to your pinned tweet on Twitter. Promise Uh-oh. you there aren't 32 punt returners in the league better than me right now, and you will see. <laughs> so uh, t- take me back there. When you're back there looking at that punt come back to you, what's going through your mind? Is it, hey, I got to follow the game plan, or do you want to just try to take back everyone that's kicked towards you? Yeah, I mean, of course you want to take back everyone that comes towards you, you know, but um biggest thing for me is just, I mean, you just got to catch it clean, you know. The very first thing you got to do is catch it. Um, you know, you start thinking ahead. You start trying to do too much, man. That's when you that's when you muff one, and you don't want to do that. Um, so that's that's the biggest thing. But, yeah, of course you want to take everyone back. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's not just me back there, you know. You got a lot of guys that also have to do their job, um, you know. So it's it's. I don't know, it's just good to be back there, man. It's good to be back there again and, and uh, you know, back there to show our stuff a little bit. And as you, for you as a returner, have the special teams rules when it comes to the kick return and the punt return, has that affected you at all, or is that more something that the kickers and punters have to worry about, not so much the returners? Yes, I mean, from a punt return, like a punt returner standpoint, it makes it a little easier because you kind of know you have, you know, one, one or two-second time difference between when the gunners can leave and the, and the protection guys can leave. So it makes it, I, w- I wouldn't say easier, but it just kind of gives you a little bit more comfortability back there, you know, knowing that you have a little bit more time to catch the ball and you, and you probably will have more space because, um, because of, you know, you'll have more time. But same thing with kickoff, kickoff return, you know, it's just, you know, eliminating those, those long run giant hits, you know, and stuff like that. But it also makes it harder from a kick return standpoint because, those hits and those angles and people keeping their lanes and you know like in the NFL like it's that's what kind of creases guys you know that's what makes those kick returners be able to hit a crease when a guy doesn't run down his lane correctly and and with how we're lined up it's a little different so 
There's a lot I like about the. Uh, Sounds ex- like we're almost talking to coach. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Uh, I like it. No I like it. it. There's a lot that I like about the XFL. First and foremost, the fact that uh, a lot of young, really good football players get an opportunity to to show their stuff and continue to hone their craft, but also that the world gets to see that there's a lot of good football players mm-hmm. uh, above and beyond just the NFL. Uh, but in addition to that. I'm loving uh, the, uh, the the onside kick rule where you can take, the, you know, if you score a touchdown or score uh, some points, you have an opportunity, uh, rather than kicking an onside kick, starting uh, on your side of the field with what I think is a, a first and 15. with Fourth and 15. Fourth and 15, yep. one chance to make it. Yep. Um, are, are, are those, I, I can imagine, and I know, I know how coaches are, they love to coach up uh, plays. You don't normally coach up a 15-yarder to go get 15 yards, but I would imagine you guys are getting pretty creative in that part of it in terms of coming up with plays for that exact situation. Yeah, I mean, I can't give you too much, man. You never know. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not asking, I'm not asking for, for the plays itself, but I would imagine it gets pretty creative. I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, that probably has a little trick up their sleeve. You know? Yeah. Um, because... I mean, you look at it from 4th and 15, you know, you're going to have a lot of guys that are playing at the sticks, you know, mm-hmm. and, and playing at that 15-yard mark or they're in some sort of cover, too. So, I mean, a lot of guys, they're going to attack the middle of the field, you know. So you got you have to get tricky a little bit with it. You know, you can't play man-to-man when it's 4th and 15. You know, you can't do that. Um, so, you know, yeah, you, you have to get tricky a little bit, and, and you kind of know what's coming already. So we've had, we've had one. I mean, you see uh, St. Louis had one, and then we had one against – uh, we had again one against Arlington, you know, our first game. So, do you think it's something that the NFL or just football in general uh, should adopt? I don't know. I, I uh, this is kind of my first experience with it, you know. So um, I'm not really sure. I, I don't. I don't mind it. You know, it's whatever gets us. You know, gets me back out there playing <laughs> more. You know, like I, I'm cool with. You know, but. Um, I'm not really sure. You know, I'll have to get. We'll have to get back with you at the end of the season. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a different. You know. Matthew Zexton is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. The Vegas Vipers take on Seattle at Cashman Field 4 o'clock tomorrow. And, of course, you can hear that game right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So what is it going to take? What's the what's the challenges that Seattle presents in this game coming up tomorrow? Uh, they're a good football team. Um, they play hard, man. Uh, they're, they're definitely, you know, I know a couple of their defensive guys out there, and, and they play real hard from a, you know, defensive standpoint. Um, you know, but, I mean, we just, from – from a team, from us, you know, we just have to play better. Uh, we just have to, you know, be more physical. We got to go score points. Our defense has been playing, I mean, outstanding the past two games. So, um, you know, we got to step up as an offensive unit. Hopefully, we can get some, you know, big plays happening on special teams, and um, you know, just just kind of play a full game. You know, like you said in the beginning, it's, it can't be a one half team. You got to play play both halves. UFC 285 is this Saturday and Max Crosby's wedding. Are you going to be trying to stick around in Vegas after the game? Hey, man. I didn't even – I kind of forgot Max was uh, – so I went to school with Max. I don't know if you guys know that. I went to school. and We both yep. went to Eastern Michigan. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I didn't even realize his wedding was this weekend. But, no, I'm, I'm going to go home, man. I have a dog to take care of at home. and um, I'm going to go home and, and – Definitely going to congratulate him, though, for sure. But, and 100% going to watch the play. Try to. I'm probably going to try and turn around before the plane takes off. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right, who you got in the main event, John Jones or Cyril Gunn? Man, I, I, I love John Jones. Dude. I'm not going to lie. I'm so pumped up to, to have him back doing his thing. Um, so I definitely have John Jones. 
Me too, man. Me too. It's the Eastern crazy. Michigan yeah, guys. It's the, the Eastern <laughs> Michigan guys. They're they're big UFC guys. <laughs> Sound like we're talking to Max. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man. When they have they have a uh, to uh, I'm, I'm gonna butcher his name. To Fimo Lopez, the boxer, doing the game ball. I'm so jacked up to have him out there. It's awesome, man. <laughs> I love I love that. You know, that's got me so hyped up. Nice, nice. Well, we definitely uh, appreciate you, man. We're uh, we're pumped up to be able to uh, air the games, and my, of course, my guy Demond is going to be uh, doing the color commentary. Harry Ruiz will be on the play-by-play. Uh, good luck in the game tomorrow, man. Uh, get a W, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. And like I said, uh, we definitely appreciate you. That's up. That's what's up. Appreciate you guys for having me on. Absolutely. There he goes. Wide receiver Matthew Sexton from the Vegas Vipers. Uh, great job. Thanks to Sage for uh, getting that for us. I uh, want to give you an XFL update just because, well, uh, this is a home team, right? Yeah, it's the Vegas yeah. Vipers. We're airing them. I mean, man, let's go ahead and support the guys. And uh, it's football action. And you're right, Vinny, about the 4th and 15. That's a cool little uh, nugget, man. I think it's cool. I think it's a cool little opportunity, which is more of an opportunity to actually get the ball back than I believe you have when you have an onside kick. Yeah, and, and for me, it goes back to the rule changes that they made on the onside kick. They're trying to uh, protect the players, and I get that and I understand that. Um, so they've, they've changed where guys line up uh, on, 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 on kickoffs. Um, and again, it's, it's understandable. But uh, in doing so, it kind of um, it really, really rendered the onside kick almost pointless because it's very, very – it was always hard to uh, – that's – why it's you know a, a play that you don't really use that often unless you're in desperation mode, uh, but it, it went from really hard to almost impossible. Yeah, uh, and now they give you a opportunity if you're in comeback mode uh, to do something that's really hard as well. That uh, a fourth and fifteen right. is not as easy as it might seem, especially when you know that it's coming. You yeah. can get fifteen yards, twenty yards on any given play, but when another team is knowing that hey, this is it, one play we got to defend for fifteen yards. Um, it makes it a lot more a, a lot uh, more, more difficult, I should say, uh, but it gives them an opportunity to go ahead and maintain possession and continue on in their comeback. No doubt about it. Well, again, you can catch the Vegas Vipers and Seattle uh, kicking off at 4 p.m. tomorrow on Radio Nation Radio 920. We'll come back, close out hour number two. Again, we're at the Scouting Combine in Indy. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Vinny, Damon, and Q. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Our coverage of the 2023 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official local casinos of the Las Vegas Raiders. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. We are in Indianapolis for the 2023 Scouting Combine. This is our last live show for the Convention Center, and uh, there's only a couple of us left. The Detroit Lions look like they're still here. Uh, KOA in Denver is still here. And us. That's right. <laughs> and us, baby. Who's going to be the last one out? I have an idea. It's going to be <laughs> us. But we're okay with that. We are definitely okay with that. We also are okay with hearing from you, Red Nation, 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. It's the don'tbebroke.com text line. That the question we threw out there, what's the highest spot you trade up to get your guy? If you're the Raiders trying to move up from seven, what are you giving up? Got a tweet that's not really related to the question, but it's still a pretty decent tweet. Q, you asked what we want to see out of the Raiders this offseason. I want to see a return to what Al Davis built. We need a strong defense that, in his words, would disrupt the offense, disrupt the flow of the offense. Also, in his words, it's better to be feared than loved. That's from Joe Flesh on Twitter. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. And, you know, one guy that can strike fear into opposing defenses is Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker was on his way to 
what I thought was going to be at least a Heisman Trophy bid, right? I mean, he was going to be a finalist and be in New York if he hadn't torn his ACL in uh, late December. And, and Vinny, uh, we, you know, we saw him at the podium today, and you said you came away pretty impressed from him. I, 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 I did, and there was one thing in particular they said because, you know, everyone talks about the Tennessee offense. Right. Um, it's quarterback friendly, let's yep. put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Coach I think there's some big questions about – is it a little bit too friendly? Mm-hmm. Was it a little too friendly? And right. is it gonna, you know, uh, is he gonna have any trouble translating over to the NFL? Because sometimes those are a little bit more complicated. Um, but as he put it, look, it's not like there weren't all kinds of complicated things that we had in this offense. Um, and and it's not my fault that my wide receiver, my option number one, oftentimes won his battle. Right. And then it's my job to get him the ball. That's that's what you draw up a play for is for your first option to hopefully win his battle. Then you go on second, third, and fourth. But if his first option was, was making the play and beating his guy off the line of scrimmage, then it's his job to get him the ball. And he did that at a very high level, yeah, by the did. way. It was about 70% of his passes. He yeah, no doubt. Through a lot of touchdowns and very little interceptions. Yeah, so he, uh, he, you know, it was like, I understand it. I get those questions. But... Um, I'm doing my job, and I, I did exactly what I was asked to do at a high level, and I don't think he's going to have any problem at all grasping whatever they're going to do in the NFL, whatever they're going to ask him to do uh, at the NFL. Um, he showed that he could do it at Tennessee, um, and it's going to be different, obviously. Yeah. There's going to be a little bit of, a, of, a, of an adjustment, but I think listening to him talk, he'll get that figured out. Well, let's listen to him talk. He was at the podium earlier today. We had an opportunity to catch up with him. Here is Tennessee wide receiver Hendon Hooker. Blessed to be here. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Something I've dreamed of, you know, since a kid. Uh, so, you know, continuing to control what I can control, uh, keep my confidence as well. Um, but, you know, that mental side of the game, elevating that mental side of the game however I can, uh, continue to rehab, finally being able to do total body workouts um, and put some weight on that leg. Uh, so, um, I'm excited to get back to throwing next week. No, you can't say that now. You still got, you still got OG T, T Martin. You still got OG Peyton Manning. Uh, those are two of my mentors. So, um, you know, I'll come third to them. Hendon, have you met with the Raiders yet? Yes, met with the Raiders. How did that go meeting with Josh and yeah, David? We're great. We're great. Um, you know, we had a lot of conversations, um, you know, just about getting to know me. And then uh, talking ball, um, I had a great time. Yeah, you know, first and foremost, my leadership. Uh, you know, connecting with everyone in the building gaining that trust and knowing how to communicate with any and everyone uh, there and then just learning. Like I said, those are the, the biggest parts. Uh, the football comes comes uh, after that. What's the biggest question about your game that you've been doing? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, just control the offense. You know, as you can see on film, a lot of times I make a lot of a lot of protection calls, uh, make a lot of checks at the line. You can see run to pass, pass to run. Um, and then I can make every throw. The, the way that we run our offense, the, the wide splits, those are all grown men throws. Like, I'm not throwing any five-yard outs. I'm throwing big boy balls. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody, everybody can throw the ball. Um, Everybody's a great quarterback, you know, uh, but you know, my consistency and my accuracy, as you can see on the film, I was 60, completed 69% of my passes. So I uh, continue to be accurate and get the playmakers the ball. That's the main goal. Um, you know, anything that I ever you know, want to ask him, he's going to you know, give me a great answer. He always does. He's a great football mind, a great person as well. Um, so I remember asking him and Eli, you know, what 
what are some steps that you yeah, took to um, you know, get your teammates to have that same hunger and drive as you do for the love of the process? Uh, they gave me some, some great answers. I won't give the, give the secret sauce out, but you know, they gave me some great answers, and I, I applied those and, and helped us out this season. Hendon, have you had a chance to discuss, uh, meet with the Dallas Cowboys yet? Yes. Yeah. Talk about what it would mean to be able to join that organization, but also to learn behind Dak who also successfully came back from the devastating league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be huge. You know, um, running from Dak, he's a great quarterback in Washington for a very long time. Um, love, love a lot of the things that he does, you know, in his game. Um, like that cerebral side is huge. You know, like I said, I want to be a sponge when I come in. I want to learn from any and everybody, however I can. Uh, it's meant to be healthy, 100 percent around camp time. So. How big of a role does film study play in your preparation? Huge, huge. I spend, I spend countless hours, you know, in the facility or at home. Me and my roommate Joe Miller spend a lot of time watching film. Uh, I spend a lot of time watching film with coaches by myself. Uh, my preparation is, is ridiculous. If I sat here and told you my my whole weekly process, we'd run out of time. But uh, you know, I'm a huge advocate on uh, preparation. I want to be prepared for any and every situation. You mentioned that you will be going extensionary next week. Yeah. Um, I mean, is there much that you can do? Uh, there probably is, but no, I wouldn't want to take a chance. No, I would rather my knee be 100% you know, where I want it to be so that I can have you know, a long career. Hey, man, I know you mentioned you haven't met with the New Orleans Saints here in Indy, but have you spent some time with them over the course of the offseason, and what have been your impressions of the organization? Yeah, yeah, spent some time with them. Um, you know, great organization, uh, you know, great people, great football minds. Uh, we really just got a get-to-know-me um, type of situation, and... Uh, you know, talk a little ball, but you know, it, was, it was a great process. Did you have an existing relationship with Cody Burns already from your year together? Yeah, he was at Tennessee um, and spent a lot of time with him. He was telling me about his quarterback days at Auburn. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, a great, he's a great guy and a great football mind as well. Uh, he implemented a lot, of, a lot of good plays for us at Tennessee that uh, you know, worked in our favor. What do you make of that Knoxville to New Orleans sort of pipeline that you've seen over the course of the past few years? Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah. This is a cool, cool pipeline. Um, I have a, a you know, co- communication with every one of those guys. Um, and uh, you know, I had dinner with Alante Taylor last week. Uh, he came out to, to California and he was working out. So I came up and had dinner with him. We, we talked about some of the things that he encounters down in New Orleans. Yeah, no, I haven't met with them here at the Combine. Um, and I think that'll be huge. Uh, you know, just to see you know, how he has progressed through his career uh, is amazing. You, know, you never can stay the same. You're either going to get better or you're going to get worse. And, you know, he's made it, he's made it uh, you know, clear that he's, he's much better. And uh, you know, I want to I uh, continue to excel through my career exactly how he did. Um, that 2021 defense from Georgia was, uh, was pretty dominant. Uh, I remember talking about Kobe Dean. Uh, he was getting sideline to sideline. He was tough, and then uh, Trayvon Walker. He's a monster as well. I'm getting like a lot of I mean, I can't, I can't help that defenders can't guard my receivers. <laughs> so my job is to get them the ball and. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So a lot of these questions about one-sided reads and stuff, we have 
pure progression routes. Um, it's not my fault. My first read is getting open, um, but we have um, you know pre-snap looks, one high, two high, which side, double footwork combo. Um, you know we have uh, pure progression with an alert, with an option. Uh, so you know any of these these questions, you know they're, they're cool and all, but if you really dig into our offense, actually watch the film, then you would understand. I like it. I like it. He broke it down. Little, little, uh, ch- little uh, whiteboard action right there, uh, Vinny. When he broke that one down and talked about the the way that they uh, they approach the game, and you know, of course, and I know this as well. I mean, Josh Heupel does a, a really good job of of uh, setting up his team for success as he's supposed to. But uh, I like how you know Hendon Hooker just said, "Hey, it's not my fault that you know my guys get open." Yeah, and do a little bit more homework. Right. And look at what we're doing and dig into it. And there's, you know, I'll tell you this too: when you make something look easy. Yeah. Uh, you're usually probably pretty good. Right. And yeah. you make it so easy that people are like, man, that looks so easy. It must be really easy. Right. But right. it isn't. Right. It ain't easy. It's got to be simple. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and maybe not- there is a little bit to that. Right. There, There is. I mean, the, and I've said it before when I talk about, you know, the Coach Bryles system at, at Baylor and – you know, they had progressions, they had reads, and but they it was really just like, okay, this is where everything's designed to go, and for the most part, they spread you out sideline to sideline and made it real difficult for uh, double teams. And you know, it just again, it set the teams up, it set the offense up for success. But as you see, all those Big Twelve concepts, all those spread them out, all those Mike Leach concepts have trickled into the SEC or trickling into the NFL. So there's a lot of schemes. There's a lot of uh, things uh, that you see that are college-related that are now at the next level. So a lot of these guys have an easier transition time because of that. 3.59 is the time. When we come back, we'll hear from you, 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword R&R. This is Radish Radio 920. Hey, Vegas, Clay Baker here with you. And as you approach your spring cleaning in your home, Zero Res needs to be your... 